you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Amen. Praise God for Sundays. <laughs> Praise God that we have people. We have people that chose to start their week out putting him first. Amen. The start of your week. Putting him in his rightful place. Amen. And there's no better place to start your week, no better way to set the tone for your week, amen, than coming into his presence and giving him of your time. So I'm so thankful to see you this morning. And I'm just going to share a word that God put in my heart. You know, God gave me this word probably, uh, it must have been last summer. And, um, but as you know, him and how he operates, he tends to just continue to reveal things to you pouring out more revelation and more revelation and you know um so that this is that this is what this word was you know and throughout this year he's been speaking these things to me and um yeah so I believe we're gonna have a blessed time this morning amen but I may need just a few smiles here now now and again if that's okay <laughs> I'm used to getting them in Dundalk so you'll have to bear with me so <laughs> I've got a question for you before I start and do you, do you think you should be creating a stir everywhere you go? Okay, see, and a lot of the times people hear that and be like, oh no, no, I don't want to make a scene. Oh no, 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 I, I don't want to cause any fuss or I, I don't want to stand out or I don't want to, you know, I don't want everybody looking at me. And that's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but a lot of the times, yes, it does involve those things. Okay, and what I want to talk to you about this morning is we as the church, because we are the church, okay, not just this church, not just, you know, these four walls, but the body of Christ, we are the church, okay, so we are part of his body. We should be creating a stir, okay, everywhere we go. We should be standing out. We should be Amen. Turning our world upside down. That's what we should be doing for Christ. And if you turn with me to the book of Acts, we're going to be there probably for the most part. But um, I just want to say a few things before we, we turn to scripture. But, you know, <clears throat> what is our purpose? Okay. Like we are the church. Are we meant to passively exist? Are we meant to just, oh, oh, yes, we're coming to church on a Sunday morning. We come, you know, on a Wednesday or yes, and we, we're involved and we do this or we do that. Yes, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm a good Christian guy. I'm a good Christian girl. And I know what you've done on the inside of me. I know I'm saved. I know, I know what you've delivered me from. I know where I'm going to spend, my, to spend all of eternity, Lord. So I, I'm good. I'm good. And it just, it's a lot of the times the church adopts this mentality of it's all good. You know, I'm okay. My partner's okay. My family's okay. And okay, I'm, I'm not going not, I'm not to stretch myself. I know where I'm going. It's all good. And you know, we are the church. We are, we are Christ's ambassadors. Okay, do we know what that really means like? We are his ambassadors, so we're here to do his work. Jesus is the head, we are his body, okay? Physically, uh, actually, spiritually, we're seated with him in heavenly places because that's our place of authority, okay? Physically, we're on this earth to do his work. But we have Holy Spirit on the inside of us, giving us power, okay? Giving us the ability, empowering us to do what he's called us to do, all right? So we're not here to just passively exist. We're here to challenge the we're here to challenge the status quo. We're here to ruffle feathers. Okay? And a lot of the times we hide from these things or we get, we shy away from these things, but this is what we should be doing. Jesus himself said, "I didn't come. I didn't come, you know, so we could all get along." Jesus said, I came to bring division. 
because he knew, okay, there was people that were going to accept him and there was going to be people that didn't. Jesus preached an, a, a message that offended people. Go read John chapter 6. He went from feeding 5,000 to offending 5,000. And then he turned to his own disciples and he said, does this offend you too? Of what I'm saying, that you have to partake of me. You have to partake of my body. You have to partake of my blood. And they didn't understand what those, went, what, what those things meant. And it caused many people to leave him. They weren't true seekers. They wanted, they wanted Jesus to feed them, but they didn't want him to be their feast. They wanted to sit down at the table with him and feed me, feed me, feed me, but they didn't want to partake of him and what that, what that means, okay? So we are called to change the culture and environment and be examples of what a, true, a truly changed life looks like. Whose lives were changed in here when they met Jesus? Oh, amen, all of us. All of our lives were changed. All of, we can, I'm sure each and every one of us can stand up here and testify of his goodness and testify of the things that he's done for us. And you know, each and every one of us have these examples. Each and every one of us have, have these stories. And we are living that out. We are a living examples. We're living examples of what Jesus done on the inside of us. And that's what we should be showing to the world. That's what we should be showing and displaying. We shouldn't be hiding away in a corner. I don't want to upset. I don't want to upset people. You know, we're called, we're called to walk in love. And, and you, you, you start to hear all this rubbish we're called to bring the gospel to the world. Amen? Now, in doing that, there's going to be people that don't like it because people aren't going to accept the gospel. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Amen? That doesn't mean that we shy away. The book of Acts is, and I think I, I, I probably mentioned that one of the times I ministered here before. I, I, it's one, I love it. I, I just, it's, it's such an amazing book because I think it's such an, it's such an example of how the church should be looking at today and what, what we should be drawing our example from. It's about the early church. It's about these men and women of God who were bold, who went everywhere they, they went and turned their world upside down for Jesus. Battling against, you know, all of this religion and tradition that was in the earth at the time and still is today, that we have to contend with. And they weren't, they didn't shy away. And I just want to talk to you a wee bit about those things this morning. It turns, uh, so in chapter one of Acts, you know, um, this book, it starts with these apostles getting their commission from Jesus. And he was just about to ascend back to the Father. And in verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power. Amen. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And to the end of the earth. And that Greek word for power there is dunamis. And it means miraculous power. It means, you know, it, it can be translated as force, might, and ability. Okay, so when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be given the power that you need to go and do what I've called you to do. Amen? So that dunamis power, is, it's where we get our, our words dynamite from. It's from that root word. So it's, it's explosive and it refers to the presence and anointing of the Holy Spirit as been the source of, in the believer's lives. The Holy Spirit is our source. It was this power of the Holy Spirit that worked miracles through the life of Jesus. D Jesus didn't perform any miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him. In, the, in um, chapter 10, I believe, in the book of Acts, in verse 38, it says, Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. But before that, it says, when the Holy, he, was, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, went about doing good. 
healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The Holy Spirit was working through him. That was his power. So, in John chapter 14 and verse 12, it tells us, Jesus said, okay, that we will do the same works he did and greater. Okay? How, how, what was Jesus saying those things? Because he was saying, I'm about to, I won't always be with you, okay? But what is coming after me is even better. What is coming after me is the Holy Spirit. This is the helper, the comforter. This is who I'm going to send that's going to give you the ability to do what you need to do. And you will do the works I done and greater. Oh, that's available to us today, church. And we should be expecting to see the same miraculous works that Jesus done today in Derry City or wherever you are. We should be expecting to see those things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in us. That dunamis power is operating through us. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, if we yield to him, amen? We're called to be witnesses, as, we, as it says here in verse 8 of chapter 1 of Acts. We're called to be witnesses, but, you know, we're also empowered to be witnesses. And witnesses relate what they have experienced, providing evidence to the truth of something. So remember what I said about you, you and I are examples of a changed life. You and I are examples of what Jesus done on the inside of us. So we are the evidence. Jesus working through us, or the fact that he should be working through us, is the evidence of, of a truly changed life. And that's what's going to draw people. You see, if we look like the world, how, is it, how are people going to get to Jesus if we all look the same? And I'll get to that in a wee minute. But we're to be witnesses in word and deed to the truth of Jesus being alive in us. So this does not work in a passive Christian. It does not work in a passive Christian. You know, we must allow the Holy Spirit to work, to work through us by yielding to him and submitting to his authority. And submitting to his authority. And, you know, we're called to turn our world upside down, but let, we're called to be examples of what Jesus done on the inside of us. Okay, that's what we're meant to be doing. So, but let me tell you something. Like I said, we're called to turn our world upside down. It's not us. It's not you. It's not me. Okay, it's nothing that we are, that, oh, we're great. I, oh, look at, the, look at the effect I'm having. Look at this and look at that. We should never get off that, get, go down that road because when we start losing that humility, when we, stop, when we start thinking it's all done through us, we're in danger. Okay, it's the Holy Spirit in us. It's the Holy Spirit in us, working through us, that is, that is what turns the world upside down. It's his power, remember? It's the, it's, the, it's the dunamis power that's at work on the inside of us. Amen? The Lord is looking for a humble and a willing heart, one that is obedient to his voice. You see, true humility is focusing on what God is. That is what true humility is. It, it's nothing got to do with you. It's about who he is and how he is up, how you are sub, fully submitted, fully surrendered, fully yielded so he can work through you. And that's what it's about. Jesus wants to work through your life. You know, Saul's downfall began. If you go read 1 Samuel and, and uh, read some of that backstory of King Saul, his downfall began when he started building himself up, thinking he was, you know, the main man. You see, what, what did Samuel speak over him? He said, when you were little in your own eyes. That means when, when, you, when, you, like, when you were humble and when you knew it was God working through you, you know, all was well. You know, God chose you. But when he started to get puffed up, when he started to build himself up, when he started to think that, oh, everything's going to be done through me, I'm the main man, and then he started to disobey the instructions of God, that's when things started to go wrong for him. Okay, so it is very, very important to not lose sight of those things. So he began to puff, he began to puff himself up thinking he knew better than God. We're, we are the vessel, the Lord's body on this earth. But we must always remain fully surrendered and yielded. So throughout this book, right, we see men and women of God who had dedicated their lives to furthering the gospel. They give up their lives. They give up their livelihoods. They, many of them give up their families to go and follow Jesus, to go do what he had called them to do. 
And this came from intimacy. They were intimate with God. They had a relationship with him. They desired him. And this is how they were able to turn the world upside down. So as I began to look at, look at this book and study things out, church, an excitement started to rise up on me when I started looking at these things because there's no, this is the same as it should be. It should be the same today as it was when we read the book of Acts. Amen. These acts didn't die with the apostles. Okay, because the Holy Spirit's in us. Yes, the Holy Spirit was in them. The Holy Spirit's in us. It's the same Holy Spirit. Okay, Jesus said, like I said a few minutes ago, the same works I did and greater you will do. Okay, Jesus wouldn't have said those things unless it was possible. Okay, but see the church today, you know, yes, there may be a small faction of it here or there, praise the Lord, through each generation that's been operating in power and really, really going after the things of, of God and what it wants. But the majority of the church today, if we're honest with ourselves, we can look around and say it is very far off what we should be doing. Very far off. So it's not walking in the power that God has, 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 des has designed and desired for us to walk in. So, what, I have another question for you. What would people in your direct influence or sphere say about you? Like, would they know that you're a follower of Jesus? Would they know what you stand for? Would they know, um, you know, would they know by your actions what's happened in your life? See, and because that's key. That's key because each and every one of us, I can't reach the same people that you can reach because I'm not around the same people that you're around. So when I, turn, when I speak about turning your world upside down, I'm talking about your world. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your friends, your co-workers, people that you are coming into contact with that I may n never even meet or see. That's what we need to do. So turn with me to Acts chapter 17. And here we have, um, just to quickly talk about it, is um, Paul and Silas. So, you know, the famous chapter in 16 where it talks about when they were in, in, in the prison and how the praises to God changed their situation around. But these guys are on this missionary journey and they're going in and out of synagogues preaching Jesus, preaching, you know, the good news of the gospel, preaching what Jesus done on the inside of them. But they're not just all word. You know, their action, okay? There's a demonstration of power. They're laying hands on the sick and they're getting recovered. Demons are getting cast out. They, they went about preaching. They went about laying hands on the sick. Demons getting cast out. And they were, they were fully believing in what they, in what they did. They, they were fully dedicated to the cause. They were creating a stir. And in Acts chapter 17, it, it talks about um, how, Paul and Silas were going in and out of the synagogues and they had, um, they had come to the house of Jason, okay? And they were, you know, they were speaking about these things, but you see, there was a mob, there was a, there was a group of people who were not pleased with what was going on and they created a stir and they rose up against them. So this is what's happening in these verses, so in verse five it, five, it says, but the Jews who were not persuaded became mad and took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down, have come here too. So this is not, I just didn't make this up, okay? These who have turned the world upside down, this is what the religious leaders, this is what the, the people who gathered this mob together is what they were saying about Paul and Silas and the crew and the apostles. These boys over here, those boys from Island Church in Derry, they're turning the city upside down. And when I read those verses, that jumped out at me and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he says, that's what my church should be doing. My church should be turning their world upside down. And you see, now, these people were not saying this in a good way, okay? They were saying it in, in, in a negative way, but it was because they didn't understand. They didn't understand what was going on. They didn't understand. They, um, they, their eyes were blinded. 
okay? They were so doused in religion and, and tradition and this is the way things had to be that it didn't matter what anybody else was doing. If it wasn't what they were doing, it was wrong, okay? So their eyes were blinded to it and they, they refused to accept it. So they weren't saying it in a, in a good way, but it was a good way. Because it's a good way to turn, it's a good thing to turn your world upside down. It's a good thing to challenge the norm. Okay? Especially when the norm isn't Jesus in the world. So, what these believers were doing, it didn't go down too well with the multitudes. Even though many believed, many didn't. And we can see from this portion that angry mobs were set against them. And I can tell you something now. When you were walking in Holy Ghost power, preaching the name of Jesus, declaring the good news of the gospel, be prepared that you will have opposition. You will have opposition. You will have people rising up against you, saying false things about you. You will have, you know, people say things that are not true. You will have, you know, people that will come to your face and say nasty things. You will say whatever. You know, the enemy can, can use people in those situations. Okay, and we need to remember that our fight is not against flesh and blood. Okay, it's against principalities and powers, right? It's about what's an operation behind those people that's yielding to those things, right? So it's, opposition will come, especially when you're operating in, in these things that these apostles were operating, especially when you're creating a stir, especially when you're turning your world upside down. These things will, these things will rise up against you. And we heard at the beginning of the service, you know, these men and women, they were, they were beaten. They were thrown in prison. You know, they were, they were harshly treated and they counted all joy to be used, to be used for Christ. They counted it all. Oh, they were just, they were so happy that, that, that they had a part to play in the kingdom of God. And just like Nadine said at the beginning, sometimes we, even if we're witnessing in the street or we try to, or we try to speak to somebody and they look at us crooked, we get offended. And we're, I'm not doing that again. And we get so sensitive about things. And because it's, again, and that's church, we're taking our eyes off Jesus because we, we're making it about ourselves. You know, it's not you, it's Jesus in you that don't accept. Okay? So you don't, don't get into the, don't let things get too personal. Okay, because it'll stop you from doing it'll stop you from doing what God's called you to do. So these people had opposition. The devil isn't going to oppose a passive Christian. The devil's not going to oppose a passive Christian. Why? Because what are they doing for the kingdom of God? What are they doing? What effect are they having? He's going to oppose those who are turning their world upside down because we're the ones. You are the ones going around pulling people out of graves. You're the ones that are snatching people from the claws of hell. And he doesn't like that. Why are you doing those things? Because you are preaching the good news of, the good news of Jesus. You are, you are telling them the hope that you have. You are creating a stir. You know, when, when, when you meet somebody on the street or, or somebody in your family or whoever it may be, say, oh, I'm struggling with this. I've got this physical ailment or I, 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 I've got this problem or that problem. And you're like, I have the answer to those things. And they may laugh and they may shrug it off and they may do whatever, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when you continue to plant those seeds, when things, are, when things are wrong, when things are, are, are not going right, who's, who are they going to pick up the phone to? Who are they going to come to? You. Because you are the one given hope. Notice how in Acts 17, this stir, you know, so what happened was, right, so um, those who have turned the world upside down have come here too, in verse 7. Jason has harbored them, and these are all going against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers when they said these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So they had, they had arrested these people. They'd taken them into custody. And then um, they, they got paid bail and they let them go. So uh, like what Paul and Silas and, and this crew of people were doing, it, it was, it caused them 
to be arrested. It caused them to be ridiculed and, you know, I'm sure despised, right? What did they do? Read on through those verses down there. They went to Berea and did the exact same thing. They went to another city and did the exact same thing. Went into the synagogue, started preaching Jesus, started, you know, laying hands on the sick, started declaring the good news of the gospel, started declaring the goodness of God, started walk, been walking examples of what Jesus has done on the inside of them, started turning their world upside down, started turning Berea upside down. Then those from Thessalonica, which is where they had just been, heard about what was happening in Berea and they went to Berea, stirred up another mob, and the same thing happened again. Opposition. Opposition. Why do you think the devil was fighting so hard against these? Why? Because the, what they were doing was, it was having an effect. Amen? They were turning their world upside down. We have to be ready. The church needs to start. Church, this is a preparation time. This is a preparation time for what's ahead. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready for what God wants us to do. We need to be ready for what he has in store for this church, for his body. So, like I said, your world is your family, your friend, your workplace, your neighborhood, your community. Anybody that's in your direct area, your your direct sphere of influence that you can speak into and minister to, that's your world. I'm not called to change that. You are. You're called to change your world. And yes, many of us across the body of Christ may have callings and destinies on their lives where you could be called even to another country, missionary, evangelist, whatever, where you get to minister and speak into thousands of people, fivefold ministry or whatever it may be. You, everyone has a specific call. But, and, and, and a lot of the time, see, the members of the body of Christ, they say, oh, well, if I'm not called to any of those things, I'm, I'm not called to to witness or I'm not called to evangelize I'm not called to change my world yes you are because the great commission is not just for pastors evangelists and prophets and teachers and and all of those okay the great commission is for every believer go into all the world and preach the gospel we're not all called to be evangelists evangelist is an office evangelist is a gift okay given by Jesus to certain people in the church but we're all called to evangelize. Okay? We're all called to evangelize. We're all called to go in and preach the gospel. We're all called to live our lives as examples in front of, in front of other people. And don't get, don't get pulled into that, that lie of you don't have to do anything. Yes, you do. You're called to change your world. You're called to leave, to leave, uh, leave an imprint. Amen. To point people to Jesus. So we need to stop playing church and start getting serious about what we need to do. Examine our motives and what we need to do. Examine our hearts. Preparing ourselves. That's why, that's why we come to church. We come to church to feed ourselves. Why? So we can get fat and sit on it and do nothing? No. So we can feed ourselves. So why? We can pour out. Everything is an inward, outward flow. We feed ourselves so we can feed other people. If you're not putting in, how are you going to give out? So we know, we've settled one thing. We know where to give out. Because we're all called, you know, we've been freely given. So we have to freely give. Give the hope. Share the hope that's on the inside of us. So if, if we, how can we give something that we don't have? If you don't take the time to feed yourself, if you don't take, your t- take the time to put in, how can you pour out? And this, is a, this is, falls under being prepared, being ready, being ready for what God is going to use you for. Don't, wait, don't despise the preparation season. Don't despise, and many people despise it saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still here waiting for God to just step in and use me for what I know he's called me to do call me to do and yes that may be the case but did you ever stop and think okay maybe God's waiting me waiting for me to take the opportunities that's in this season before he can do something else with me stop looking at the limitations and look for the opportunities where you're at 
you know, I always, I always love it, love looking at it like this, like this, as the church, as the body, right? When I look at the book of Acts, right, like we've been just looking at, and we had these men and women who, you know, walked with Jesus, many of them, you know, seen what Jesus done, had an intimacy with him, had a relationship with him. Jesus passed over the baton to them. They were the first leg of the race, okay? They ran their race. They were, you know, they were, <laughs> they ran it with endurance, Amen. With beaten after beaten and setback after setback. But they ran it with endurance. They ran it with power. They ran it with might. And we need to look at this church as a, like, like a relay. Okay? It's our turn to run. We have the baton now. Okay? It's our turn to run. And um, turn with me really quickly to Hebrews chapter 12. And I love this portion of scripture for um, talking about these things. In verse 1 it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to who? Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So that where it talks about, therefore we've also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's, you know, the men and women of God who went before us. They're in the bands, they're in the grandstands of heaven cheering us on. It's your leg of the race now. Okay, these fathers of the faith, these people who went before us, they've done it. They've said, I've done my part. You know, I've shown you, yes, it is possible to do these things. Now it's your turn. I'm cheering you on. You've got heaven cheering you on. You know, heaven knows what you're doing for the kingdom. Okay, you know, many people think, you know, oh, those that have gone before us or, or, or whatever, you know, they they may not know <clears throat> personal details of what's going on in your life, whether, you know, you buy a house or you buy a car. But I'm telling you something. When you do something for the kingdom of God, when you step into the call that God has in your life, there's a rejoicing in heaven. And they know. They know. Because there is a, there is a, there's a great joy to know, yes, this generation is running their race. They've got the baton. They're not dropping it. They're not letting this, this, the weights of this world pull them down. They've got their proper track gear on. They don't have themselves weighed down. They're not getting stuck in sin, getting ensnared by those things. They're running with endurance and with agility to the finish line. And who knows? We, it's very probable that we're going to reach the finish line. But we should be living like we're not. And we should be living with a generational mindset knowing that there's children coming up behind us that, need, that we need to pass things over to. And we need to be setting an example for them as well. So we're called church. We can see from the book of Acts, we can see, you know, and, and uh, I could spend weeks going through Acts and I encourage you, read it. Read it continually. Read it regularly. You know, and it'll encourage you. It will encourage you to know, you know, to, to give you a good path of what you should be doing. <laughs> Amen. And how we should be operating. And, you know, I could go through story after story of talking about these things. But, you know, for time's sake, we know that these men and women created a stir. We know that they walked in power. We know that they walked in boldness. We know the signs and the wonders that were done through them. How do we get there? You know, I'm saying to you this morning, you need to be bold. You need to be ready. I'm saying to you this morning, you need to turn your world upside down. You need to affect the people who you have an influence over. You need to change the people that, and it's not, when I say that, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you have to do those things and, you know, and taking all that on yourself. No, you lean on the Holy Ghost in you to do it. It's him that changes them. You just yield yourself to him. When he says, go, go speak to that person, obey Obey. When he says, go do that, obey. Go tell them about that testimony. Obey. Share that in church. Obey. 
And when you obey his voice, the more he's going to give you to do. And the more you're going to start changing and affecting people. So how do we get there? And I just have a few points that I want to share about how we can get there to the point that we can start turning our world upside down, to the point that we can start creating a stir everywhere we go. But really quickly, I want to show you first, in the beginning of Acts, right? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, this is right before they had not received the infilling of the Holy Ghost at this time. And what were they doing? They were all together with one accord praying. You go on a chapter after that in chapter 2, it says in verse 44, now all who believed were together and they had all things in common. So this was after Pentecost. The Holy Ghost had fallen at this stage. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And what were they doing? They were still together. They were still praying. They were still seeking. Do you see a pattern here? Unity in the body is so important. Unity in the body is so important. We need to have be, have, have things in common. We need to be together. We need to be praying. We need to be seeking. We have to be... Des- what a word this morning about desires. You have to be desiring these things before you'll see them. Do you desire to turn your world upside down? Do you desire to change the people in your world? Do you desire God to use you to heal the sick, to raise the dead? Do you desire those things? Well, if you desire them, seek them and pray about them and, and just continually br- bring yourself before the face of God and, and pray those things out and expect them in faith and you will see them. God will use you. So I just have a few points here that I want to um, read out to you. What can we do to turn our world upside down? Number one, be intimate. You have to be intimate with Jesus. You have to have a relationship with him. You have to have an intimacy. Before we can pour out, you must first pour in. I said that. Everything flows from intimacy. How can we operate in what he has laid out for us unless we truly know him? Intimacy is the birthing place for everything else. Think of a loved one in your life. How did you get to know them? How did you get to trust them in in what they told you and what their word was? Through relationship. Many of you in here don't know me. So if I come down and say something to you about, you know, oh, I've got a brand new car for you waiting outside, you're going to, not many of you, and you're not going to believe me because you don't know me. But if somebody who you trust said something like that, then you're going to be quicker to believe them. Okay? You have to have a relationship with somebody. You have to build a trust with somebody before you can really, you know, receive from them and believe in what they're saying. So unless you have that relationship with Jesus, because let me tell you something, you can know of him without knowing him. You can know of him without knowing him. And that is the problem in the majority of the church today. They know of him, but they don't know him. There's no intimacy. And then we wonder why things aren't happening for us like they did in the book of Acts. Because in Acts, they had intimacy. They were continually seeking his face, continually praying, continually desiring the things of God. Faith was not the issue for these men and women. Why? Because they knew in whom they believed. Do you know in whom you believed? Do you know what he's capable of? Do you know what he's, he's capable of doing through you? Do you know in what his word says? And do you believe in what his word says? They knew who was back in them and they had relationship. You know, John chapter 15, it talks about abiding in in the Lord. Abide in me and I abide in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. And those that are attached to me, those that are abiding in me, they will bear much fruit. This is Jesus speaking. When you abide in him and his word abides in you, you will be producing actions that will witness to the world around you. Why? Because when something tries to come against you, you will act according to what the word says and not by what the circumstance is. 
when you're abiding in him, when you have intimacy with him, when you have a relationship with him, when something rises up, rise up against you, or like the Lord was saying earlier, when that smoke screen is thrown up in front of you, you're not phased by those things. Why? Because his word, the word of God is so implanted on the inside of you that it just comes out. When you squeeze an orange, what comes out? It's not apple juice. Orange juice comes out. When you're squeezed, what comes out? Fear? Anxiety? What the, word, what the news is telling you? What are you feeding yourself with? Are you watching the news constantly? Are you taking in that fear? Are you taking in all of what the world's saying? Are you taking in what their opinions are? Because when the circumstances of this world squeeze you, that's what's going to come out. But unless you're putting the word in, unless you're putting you know, what he says in, unless you're, you're, you're drinking from his presence... You need to be so mindful of what you're putting in. Be mindful about what you're putting in. And allow those things to pour out of you. When these things start pouring out of you, this alone will stand out to people because you're not dominated by what's happening in the natural. They'll be thinking, look at what's going wrong in their life. How are they not all over the place? That alone is a testimony to people. And let me tell you something, church. People are watching you. You may not think that they are, but they are. People are watching you. If they, if they know what you believe, if you've been bold to tell them your stand and you know who you are in Christ and that you're a believer, they are watching you. They may openly make fun of you at times. They may act like they're not interested. Half the time when you're talking to them, you may not even think that they're taking anything in. But when things start happening or adverse circumstances come against you, people are watching so be mindful how you act. But see, if you put in from intimacy, if you pour in, if you pour in, and if you pour in, it just effortless, it effortlessly flows out of you. And that's what people see. That's what witnesses to people. You know God's working on your behalf. You know his voice so you can clearly receive instruction from the Holy Spirit and you will begin to see the opportunities and not the, li- not the limitations. So be intimate. Number two, be unoffendable. If you want to turn your world upside down, if you want to change the world around you, you need to be unoffendable. Too many people are easily offended. And this, this could be used in two senses. I'm talking about, you know, when people are purposely trying to hurt you. It could even be in the body of Christ. It could be fellow believers, fellow brothers and sisters, could be the world, whatever. When people are purposely trying to hurt you, trying to draw a reaction out of you, trying to get you to react badly or, you know, retaliate, you need to learn to not be offended. Why? Jesus said to turn the other cheek. Jesus said to walk in love. Jesus said, how will, how will people know that you're my follower? How will people know you? By how you treat one another. Jesus said the greatest commandments of all, to love me as you love yourself and to love your neighbor. Love. So don't be drawn into those things. Don't be drawn into those things. Be unoffendable. And another thing, another sense, so I said there was two senses to that, right? Um, So like... In, in one sense, don't get offended when people purposely try to hurt you and don't get offended by what the word is trying to tell you. Don't get offended by what the Holy Spirit's trying to correct you with. Don't get offended with your church if you hear something from the pulpit that stings a little. Don't get offended with, you know, somebody who maybe God placed in your life to speak into you and it may not always be pretty to hear. Don't get offended by those things. Why? Because God's trying to grow you. God's trying to challenge you and and train you up, prepare you. I said about being ready, being ready. He wants to ready his church for what's coming. So you need to be prepared. And part of that is growth. Part of that is a pruning process or a cutting away process, a refining process. And the Holy Spirit can sometimes be dealing with us with some things that we don't want to hear, that we don't want to deal with, and we get offended And what happens? We don't change. We don't deal with it. And then it hinders us. It becomes a hindrance. 
Be unoffendable. Be a follower, church. Be a follower of Jesus. Like to follow means to come or go after, to pursue, to walk, proceed along, or to be in accordance with, to copy after and to imitate. To imitate. You know, Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What do you value the most? What do you cherish the most? Because what we, what we're valuing the most, if it's not him, if it's not, if it's not our relationship with him, that's always going to get in the way. That's always going to be a blockage for us to, for pursuing what he has for us. And from having that effect and turning the world upside down around us is if we don't, if we're not fully yielded to him, if we put something else in front of him. To be a true follower means that you forsake everything else. To be a true follower means that you put him first. And it also means you imitate him. You look just like him. You look just like him. And that, that goes back to, I, oh, I know I mentioned it at the start, where I said about, you know, many of the church, how, how can we lead people to Jesus if we look everything but Jesus? like but Jesus if we are, we are we're so the church got into this modern age where we think that we have to look like the world in order to reach the world it's rubbish it's rubbish because we're called to be set apart we're called to be the light of the world the salt of the earth a city set upon a hill if you put a light under you don't light something up and put it under a basket and hide it no, the light's supposed to shine. Why? So people will find the light. People in the darkness will find their way. So if you, if people, if the body of Christ, if they examine their hearts and they look exactly like the world, if the world doesn't see a difference in you, then you need to check yourself. You need to check your heart. You need to check your motives. You need to check what, what are you doing? Because they should see a difference in you. We're to imitate. Be intimate. Be unoffendable. Be a follower. Be different. Be different. This is where so many Christians miss it. Repentance church. Metanoia. It means to change the way you think. And this will change the way you act. True repentance means you will be different than the way you were before. True repentance means you'll be different than the way you were before. So like I said a minute ago, you won't look the same. The world will see a difference in you. It's not about just rhyming a prayer off. It's about, it's about a true change that happens on the inside that produces actions in your life, produces fruit in your life that are different. You begin to change the way you talk. You begin to change the way you treat people around you. You begin to change the way you act. You begin to change everything. Everything about you changes as you yield to what happened on the inside. And that is what the world notices. That is what the world is attracted to. Is the change that took place on the inside of you and the hope that you now have. Um, Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable <coughs> to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So Paul says here to present your bodies. We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We are to do those things. You know, that word conform in that scripture there, it means to be pour, like it, mean, it can be translated as to pour into the mold of. So do not be molded like the world. Do not be shaped like the way the world wants to shape you by their ideals and by their values and by, their, by what they think is right. Do not let those things conform you, but do what? Be transformed by what? By getting into your mind what this is. 
allowing this to change you, allowing this to renew your mind. When you allow this to transform you, when you allow this to renew you, your actions will change. Your actions will change. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the change is instantaneous in your spirit, man. You are just like Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John four seventeen, just as Jesus is, so are you in this world. You are just like him. You are just like Jesus, okay? But a lot of the times when people are babies and they don't understand the change that took place, they're like, well, I don't feel any different. I don't, I don't look any different or I still, the thoughts that I had yesterday before I, I give my life to Jesus, I'm still having them today. Yes, you will have them today. You need to renew your mind. You need to reprogram your mind. You need to get your mind to line up with your spirit and then that will, it's two against one your body will line up. That's why when it comes to healing, you, you have healing in your spirit. Why? Because you're just like Jesus. Jesus has given you everything. You've already, you've already received it in your spirit. How do you draw that out? You get, your spirit to, you get your mind to line up with your spirit. You start quoting what the word says. You start speaking the word over your life. You start declaring those things. Your mind and your soul comes into agreement with your spirit and it manifests in your physical body. It manifests in your physical body. You need to renew your mind. That is how you begin to become different. We're called to be different. We're called to be like Jesus. Different is good. Will different be popular? No. <laughs> nope. Will, di- will different be, you know, a, a crowd pleaser? Certainly not. But remember, we're called to cause a stir. We're called to create a stir. We're called to turn our world upside down. How can we flip the world as we know it on its head if we're doing everything like the world? Who knows this world needs a good shaking? <laughs> okay? The world right now, as we know it, needs a good shaking. So we should be doing everything opposite. Amen? And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be intimidated by those things either, of having to do those things, because it's not you. Remember I said it's the Holy Ghost in you. It's that dunamis. What does that mean? It's miraculous power. It's ability. It's force. It's might operating on the inside of you so it's not you you can step into a situation in your own personality and be thinking this is way beyond me but when you step into a situation that God tells you to step into his anointing comes upon you the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you are a different person you can speak forth truth you can speak forth with boldness oh because the Holy Ghost is all over you it's not you so you shouldn't be intimidated by having to do these things We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're called to minister to the world and we need to meet people where they're at. We're called to be different and set apart, but we don't separate ourselves from the world altogether. We don't separate ourselves altogether. So another one, be bold. And I covered wee bits of that. You know, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, So then, with this amazing hope living in us, who has that amazing hope living in them? Praise God. We step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. We step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. Where does that come from? It comes from the amazing hope that's on the inside of you. Because of that hope, Because of that hope, because of what Jesus has done for you, because of the covenant that he's made with you, which is made on better promises, you can speak forth with boldness what the word says, what he's telling you to do. You go back to um, chapter 4 in Acts when Peter was arrested after he, he, he and John healed the man at the gate beautiful. And they, they got arrested, created a stir. There you go again. You know, they, the, the mob was not, you know, they were not happy with what was going on. No, 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 you're not going to be doing that, those things in here. This isn't the norm. This isn't what we do. But they didn't care. They continued to do those things. They said, no, no, you aren't going to preach in that name anymore. And they said, yes, we will. Who are you to say? Who are you to say? Should we go against with what God's telling us to do? And what did Peter and the rest of them do? They, went, they left after they were arrested 
and questioned and beaten or whatever. And they left and they went, they prayed. What did they pray for? Boldness. And what happened? The Holy Spirit fell on them again. They got filled with the Holy Ghost again and they started speaking forth with boldness. And they went around declaring the name of Jesus louder and prouder than ever before. Why? Because they were bold. They were ready for what God had in store for them. You need to be bold. You feel like you don't have that boldness, start praying for it. Start believing for it. It's in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. So start, start asking for him to, to give you that boldness in those situations, in those moments where you need to speak, where you need to start creating a stir, when you need to start turning your world upside down. You start speaking forth, declaring boldness in your life. These men and women dedicated their entire lives to do what they were called to do. They spent their days praying, seeking. They had an intimacy with Jesus. And the book of Acts is full, full of miracles, full of recorded miracles and signs and wonders that were worked through these people. Why? Because they had a desire. They prayed, they seeked the Lord. Jesus certainly does, didn't care more about the people back then than he cares about them today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. It says he, he is the Lord God. He changes not. He doesn't change. He's faithful then. He's faithful now. Amen. So he has given you, he has given you the responsibility in 2022 to turn your world upside down. He's given you and I the responsibility in this season for such a time as this, Remember, we have the baton. We, it's our turn to run the race. The fathers of the faith, the people that have gone before us, they're in the grandstands of heaven cheering us on, but it's our, turn, it's our time to run. Don't drop it. Don't drop the bat. Don't go, over to the, don't go over to the stands getting sidetracked. Keep running. Keep running. Don't miss any opportunity. You know, many of the times in... Each and every service, when we close in prayer, we always pray for opportunities. And, you know, some of our guys came up to us there in the past couple of weeks and they were like, oh man, you know the way we're praying for these opportunities just to, just to tell people about Jesus? Well, you know, God's given them to us. <laughs> and they were like, oh, it was like they're, so, they're coming so thick and fast. But you know what encouraged our hearts? God is, God was giving them the boldness and they were speaking forth. They were speaking for truth. They were, they were sharing their testimony. They were saying, you know, and it all comes. And like I said, it comes with obedience. Because you see, when God gives you that opportunity and you, and you don't obey, and you don't obey, and then, you know, a couple of weeks may pass or whatever, or time may pass, and you're like, Lord, why am I not getting these opportunities? And it's because you're not taking the ones he's given you. You're not open. You're not, your spiritual eyes aren't open to see you need to be listening out, even in your, if you're in your workplace or if you're walking down the street and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, go talk to them. Oh, I'm not talking to them, I'm not talking to them. Create a stir. You're called to create a stir. And you know, some, like, I, listen, guys, I am, people who know me, growing up when I was a kid, I was a naturally shy person, okay? And um, yes, uh, growing into my teenage years and stuff, I got a wee bit more confident and stuff. And you know, uh, but doing even what God's called me to do, it, this is not it, my personality. It's certainly not my personality. In fact, I ran from it for years. I grew up in church. I grew up in a Christian home. You know, I went to a Christian school. You know, I was heavily involved in church my whole life, youth ministry, every department that you can think of. And I knew that God had called me to full-time ministry, but I, I wasn't really seeking him out as to what exactly that was. I knew deep down, but I didn't want it. So I ran from it. And you know, eventually when I answered that call, eventually when I obeyed, when I, you know, got my head out of the clouds and I obeyed his voice, I realized, oh my goodness, I don't know why I ran from it for so long because it's not me. It's not me. It's him in me. It's his ability. He empowers you. He's just looking for your availability. He will give you the ability. 
So stop waiting till you have the ability. Stop waiting to see, oh, I have to meet this set of qualifications. God doesn't hire like the world hires. Okay? You don't have to wait to build this impressive CV. You just have to be willing and available and obedient. You have to be a willing vessel and allow him to use you. Be available and he will give you his ability. He wants your availability. If you want to turn your world upside down, if you want to create a stir, then start being available to him. If you want him to start using you, if you want to start laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, which is for each and every one of us who believes, not just a pastor, not just an evangelist, not just you know uh, somebody that has a specific call on their life. It's for each and every one of us who believes. It's for the body of Christ. We are the body. We are the body. And when one of us isn't doing what we're called to do, it affects the rest of the body. So I want to encourage you this morning. I have absolutely no idea what time it is. So sorry if I went. Oh my goodness. So um, I know you're used to that with Pastor Ryan. It's okay. Um, So um, I just want to encourage you this morning. Okay. That start praying and asking God to give you opportunities. Start asking and believing God that he's going to start using you. And he'll only use you to what? To... (laughs) to the degree of what you make yourself available to him or what you're desiring. But I I, I want to encourage you today that as the body of Christ, we are called to create a stir. We're called to turn this world upside down, to turn this city upside down and your city or wherever you're from or this island upside down, this continent upside down. And and, And we needn't think that, oh, that... We can't do that. We're, we're too small or we're too, you know, uh, we're, there's not enough of us. Or, I'm telling you, God can do more with a handful of people that's on fire than he can with 500 people that are dead that are, have the appearance of godliness but are lacking power. There's no life floating out of them. They're just plain church. They're just plain things. Uh, the appearance, oh yeah, let's go to church. It's all religion. It's all just tradition and there's no life in it. God wants a people that are full of him, full of his power, full of dominus flowing out of them so they can change the world around them. And each and every one of you have a part to play. Amen? So don't despise the preparation. Don't despise the time where he's getting you ready. Start seeking him. Start getting yourself ready and start pouring in so you can one day, and from now, start pouring out. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you for this time together, Lord. We thank you, Father Lord, that you are faithful. We thank you, Father Lord, that you are worthy, Lord. Thank you for this time, Lord, that we get to spend together. Thank you, Father Lord, that your presence, Lord, is what changes our lives. We love entering into your presence, Lord. We love hearing from your word because those two together, Father, changes us forever. Thank you, Father Lord, for preparing us and getting us ready for such a time as this. We want to be faithful, Lord. We want to be servants. We want to be vessels for your use, Lord. We don't want to miss our opportunity. We don't want to miss our time. We want to give it to you, Lord. We want to, Lord, just fill ourselves up with so so much of you, Lord, that we can continually pour out to the people around us. So give us a heart for people. Give us a, a, a bigger heart, Lord. Reveal more portions of your heart to us, Lord. For your sheep, for your people, for the lost in this world. So we will step out outside of our comfort zones, Lord, to go do what you've called us to do. That we will step out of our comfort zones, Lord, to start creating a stir and turning our worlds upside down our communities, our workplaces, our families, our world, which may look different for each individual, but Father, you've called us to change it. You've called us to create an atmosphere, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Help us remember that it's not us, but it's you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in us. Thank you, Father Lord, for Psalm 91. Thank you, Father Lord, for your protection. As we dwell in the secret place, no weapon formed against us will prosper, Lord. 
Oh Lord, ministering angels are going forth. Meeting our needs, Lord. Thank you, Father. No plague, no sickness, no disease will come near our dwelling place or will prosper against us. No wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself will prevail against us, Lord. Because we are your children. You keep us safe. Thank you, Father, that as we leave this building, Lord, that your hand is upon us when we're traveling, Lord, this week, when we're coming, when we're going, when we're in our house, in our workplaces, wherever we are, our families, we're all protected, Lord, covered by the blood of Jesus. Give us opportunities this week, Lord, to share your word. Give us those opportunities, Father, Lord, to share the gospel, to be obedient to you and to start creating a stir, Lord. Give us those opportunities. Help us be ambassadors for you, Lord. Help us walk in love towards you and towards one another and to walk in faith towards you, Lord, knowing that your word says, what your word says is true. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that here at Island Church, we are covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.